everybody, just a reminder that the City Girls Pod is a mature podcast. It's a mature show. It's adults only, and uh, it won't be for everybody. And so if you are not a fan of that kind of content being discussed, then we have tons of other stuff that you can listen to on the podcast. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. And this is the show where we are recapping and just like that and Sex in the City. It's so much fun. We are on season two, episodes four, five, and six. We're talking about today. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Jax is here. Hello. This is so exciting because we not only are communicating this week via Zoom, but we also shared a meal together. We were in real life. Real life. At the real restaurant where Carrie had her 35th birthday party that no one showed up to. Yes. And we both really liked the burrata. I would go back with you when next time we were here. <laughs> well, and it was funny too because, because uh, they weren't that good about refilling my water. And, but then the, the water table was right behind us. And so I kept grabbing the, the pitcher and the, the guy kept being like, uh, you could tell he was getting kind of irritated with me. But it was so funny because we were literally smack up against the water thing. So it made so much more sense just yeah. to take matters into your yeah. own hands. That's right. <laughs> but it was, it was very fun and we got to see funny girl. So oh, that man. was, that was fun. It was, it's only, it was its third preview. So just brand new Beanie Feldstein and Jane Lynch. And uh, it was pretty fun. Oh my goodness. They killed it. They were so, so good. And oh my gosh, meeting is so funny. Yeah. yeah. They did a great job. It was, it was so fun. It was a great trip. I ended up seeing seven shows. Uh, so yeah, New York was very good to me. <laughs> yeah, Rachel, I was so surprised that when I saw you, you were still so full of energy and vibrant because <laughs> seven shows I love, love theater. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. And even that for me was, would be really aggressive. Yeah, it, I was definitely Tuesday was a, a pretty tired day. <laughs> I don't even know how you fit it in. Like we were laughing because funny girl plays on a Monday, which is usually dark on Broadway, but you somehow found one of the very few shows that showed on a Monday. Yeah. So you could really pack it all in. It, 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 it was really fun. I did on Monday, I did pretty much spend the whole day just being lazy because I was so tired, but I was able to muster up strength to head out to Greenwich Village to meet you, which I learned that I think I'm a Greenwich Village person. I think you are. I, I love Greenwich Village. Didn't you get a good gelato there too? Yes. Good gelato. All the, all the like buildings are normal sized and cute and it was just charming and I don't know I don't know if that's very Charlotte of you but I think that she'd probably be okay I think she's okay with Greenwich Village yeah I think so (laughs) I hope so anyway well let's talk about this first episode that we have and it's called they shoot single people don't they and this is all of the girls are out of a relationship when we start out this episode and there Carrie has a photo shoot that she does, which ends up being more of a question mark than an exclamation point. And, we'll talk about that. and Miranda is with a guy that just doesn't do it for her, <laughs> literally. And, um, <laughs> and Charlotte is 
has a handyman that <laughs> she's with uh that has dreams of salt lake city and it's gonna be fun this episode is great i loved it it may be my favorite of all the ones we've covered so far i was telling you off air that i think we could do a whole episode just on this episode there's tons here there's so much to unpack it's one of the funniest episodes it's one of the most iconic for sex in the city and I just think you get to see, and this is this is part of the reason why it was sort of nice that they killed Big Off is because I think it is the most fun when the girls are single. Well, yeah, I feel like Carrie has the most to say mm-hmm. in a kind of about the whole dating scene in general, as opposed to just particularly about Big and, and uh, I don't know, she's just more of an interesting character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she has this uh, photo shoot. She goes out clubbing at Salsa Club and stays out all night. And then she ends up 40 minutes late to her shoot. And she claims that she was late because she couldn't get a cab. And it is really hard to get a cab in, in, in New York City. That is true. So, I mean, at least Carrie made a good excuse, except for the fact that <laughs> we know that she was still dozing off when Stanford called her and yeah. said, where the heck are you? <laughs> if you ever do get a cab, do you feel like, wow, I'm just incredibly Rachel, successful. I feel so triumphant. It is yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I will say that not to brag, but I got good at it when I was a babysitter because one, someone else was paying for it. And I had a like a child that it was like, okay, I know I need to get a cab. So I got really aggressive at flagging them down, but it's still super hard to get one. Yeah. It's really, really hard. I don't understand why Carrie showed up to this photo shoot wearing this poncho. (laughs) Like that wouldn't be my (laughs) go-to. I don't know. I think you, I think you could rock a poncho, but I don't know why you would do it for a photo shoot. Like it was like, she tried to throw on the weirdest, wackiest thing that she could. Yeah. So bizarre. She has so many nice clothes. Mm -hmm. And so she thinks that this is a single and fabulous exclamation point article but it turns out it's single and fabulous question mark (laughs) and she's sitting there smoking which we've talked about on this show just how much carrie smokes like i did not remember that uh (laughs) yep rachel this one was really rough on the smoking like it really it really made me have a visceral reaction even even at watching her buy cigarettes so many times, I think sometimes with Carrie, I would let myself think like, oh, we're just seeing her, you know, maybe she smokes one or two a day and we're just seeing her when she does, but I think she goes through them. Like it was yeah. very clear in this episode that she's- a, a, like at least a pack a day. Yeah. Yeah, she's a lot. So you see her, yeah, smoking and, uh, and then, she, yeah, she does the photo shoot. And the, when she sees the eventual article with the question mark, and she says that question mark is hostile. And I just found this whole thing so interesting because if you, did you watch the Christmas promise? 
Yes. Okay. I thought that whole, and I still think it's brilliant, but that whole scene where they talk, is that, is that, is that kiss a question mark or an exclamation point? I thought was brilliant. And we just talked about it actually on Hallmarkies podcast. Uh, the, uh, we did our on friendship for the Christmas promise this week. And so you definitely want to check that out. It was a really good one. And then Kathy Close, who's the writer will be on this show on Monday coming up. So I talked to her about it there, but I just thought that was some of the best writing I've ever seen in a Hallmark movie was, is this a question mark or an exclamation point? But I did not know that that was from, I mean, I don't know if she conscientiously, yeah, you know, I have no idea if she watches the show, who knows, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that we see that exact same thing, but a question mark versus an exclamation point here in this episode. I think it's really interesting because even if she doesn't watch the show or she didn't get it from the show, mm-hmm. something that is so great about Sex in the City is that it's worked its way into pop culture so much that yeah. things that we hear that we attributed maybe to someone else saying them, they got from Sex in the City. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I just think the whole concept is brilliant because if so many things in life are either an exclamation point or a question mark. Like if I say to you, if I say to you, Jax, I, Jax, I just got a new job. Like that's exclamation point. Right. But if I say to you, Jax, I just got a new job. Like I'm a little worried, a little concerned. Like it's a different energy and how yeah, much like- of life Rachel, do you want to do this job? Are they paying you? Are you under duress? Like, yeah, that's the question. That so much of life is is either a question mark or an exclamation point, right? Yeah, that's really true. That, and I think some people. Now that you're bringing this up, it's really fascinating to think about that. That some people temper their enthusiasm by making an exclamation point because they're not sure that it's okay for them to be excited yet. So I just think make there's a question so mark there. Oh, wait, what's that? You making question marks, not exclamation. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I just think that's so interesting. And she, the way she says it, that question mark is hostile. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You add that question mark and it makes it into a judgment statement. Uh, you know, single and fabulous question mark. <laughs> and the question mark is so hostile because the way the article is written, clearly the answer to that is no, she is not fabulous. Right, exactly. That's where the judgment comes in. <laughs> and the photo, Rachel, that photo. She's such a beautiful woman. And I, I mean, just everything about that energy is just like, she looks, it's like the epitome of looking haggard. It's true. Uh, and so we also have Miranda meets, they go power walking, all the girls, they go power walking. And do you go power walking in New York city? I power walk whenever I'm late, which is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was so cold when we there in New York city, which is crazy because it's technically springtime. That's what we were texting before you got here. And you're like, do you think it's a winter coat situation? I was like, yeah, I think unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) 
thank goodness I brought my, I, my like real winter coat. Cause I have a lighter one, uh, that's not as long. Uh, but man, yeah, I needed a scarf hat, the whole thing. It was so cold, but you look really cute in your hat, by the way, I thought it was a very cute hat. My mom made that for me. Really? Yeah. My mom made that for, for me. You. So I don't wear hats often. <laughs> Cause I have I feel a, like if my mom made it, you could rock it. <laughs> well, I have a big head and, uh, and so it's hard to find hats that look good on me that are kind of, I don't know. It's funny, um, but, um, that's so funny because I ordered my fiance an extra large sand hat because he's like, I have a big head. I can't fit in anything. Yeah. And no one's head looks big to me when I, like, you just don't know if you have a big head <laughs> until you turn, like, put on a hat. And then it came and it was still too small. So we oh, couldn't really? wear it. I was like, yeah. So it's I mean, hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will, uh, I can console with your fiance on this topic. <laughs> it's hard to find hats. Uh, but anyway, and so, this guy, Josh comes up to them when they're power walking and he's a marathoner and Miranda had been with him before, but they hadn't had good chemistry. He hadn't been able to make her come. Uh, and, uh, and so she's kind of desperate. So she decides to start a relationship with him again. And, uh, and she still has to fake it. And so that becomes kind of the theme of this episode that, uh, that is faking it okay uh when are we is okay to just be single or is faking it better than being alone all these kind of questions we talk about yeah i thought this episode was really well written and constructed too thematically because you know we're talking about faking it like faking orgasm but then we're talking about like you said faking it in relationships and i thought the way it was intertwined was really cool yeah he says uh, Carrie says, has fear of being alone raised the bar on faking? Are we faking into our relationships? Is it better to fake than to be alone? And so Charlotte is also <laughs> kind of, she is, this guy is, uh, is helping her with stuff around the house. Uh, but he wants, he's tired of New York. He's ready to move on. And he, he has a role in a christian soap opera called the days of our mormon lives <laughs> i think i watched this one uh before you did and I, I, all i could think about it, i was like rachel's gonna laugh at this <laughs> so there is a thriving utah mormon latter-day saint uh kind of movie scene there's not as much television shows but there is byu tv but byu tv doesn't really have that much that's latter-day saint specific you would never have a show that's days of our mormon lives it's hilarious <laughs> as that would be i wish but um uh, it's usually more sort of family content it's basically like hallmark channel uh, byu tv except oh, so for... it's not so specific no no they might have an occasional uh, like a dress or, um, uh, devotional, maybe mm -hmm. something like that, that would be religion specific, but for the most part, it's just kind of more general family content, like heartlands yeah. on there. Um, and, uh, uh, they have, they have movies like Mar Vista makes that, you know, that they buy kind of like Hallmark does or, um, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. So he's got opportunities that he can. <laughs> yeah, he really can. 
and he was he was handsome i thought mr contractor guy he was you know what bothered me about this um so he's an out-of-work actor and like I think he's doing these things for her as a favor, but she could have been paying the man. I know. Like, he makes a lot of money. He's a freelancer. It well, don't they even say that at the end? Like, uh, that, that uh, Charlotte would have to pay yeah. uh, going forward. <laughs> and I was like, Charlotte, I sort of assumed that you were slipping him, you know, 20 bucks or something. Right. He could use it. <laughs> Uh, and then we also have, uh, Samantha that she, uh, she is flirting with William, the club owner, and he asks her to dance and, uh, he makes it seem like they are going to go out to the Hamptons, but then he, uh, he stands her up. I have to say, Rachel, Kim Cattrall's performance when she gets stood up is incredible i mean there's just so much we're so used to seeing her be you know hilarious and outspoken and like nothing can get her down but the vulnerability and when she knocks over that wine glass you see not only is she really sad she's embarrassed and she's panicking like i can i could feel her in her tempo just going crazy there and it really i thought was just really masterful acting yeah well she talks about they talk about her she has none of her dining out alone armor on because uh, she was expecting to be with somebody and she says that sometimes you just need to hear we and that's when she lets the pakistani bus boy kiss her <laughs> but she does decline his invitation to go home together yes We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. We also meet, Carrie meets a man named Jake. Uh, at a party he's smart single and a smoker so he checks off all three of her boxes <laughs> and she says and there it was my question mark staring me at, at me in the face <laughs> is this you <laughs> yeah and of course who is jake <laughs> bradley cooper Bradley Cooper. yes at Look first it. i was like is that someone who just looks like bradley cooper or is it really him and then I looked at the castle, I'm like, oh, it really is him. <laughs> Looking like a snack. I yeah, mean, he's yeah. long hair, super young. Yeah, it's true. Um, and also Josh, Miranda's guy in this is played by Mark Feuerstein, who is in a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, Rachel, I couldn't, 
I couldn't recall any, I meant to look it up, but I couldn't recall anything specific he was in, but I know I've seen him in so much and I like him and I think he's quite attractive. Yeah. He was on Royal Pains. Yes. And, uh, in the movie, in her shoes. And have you ever seen that with Tony Collette? I have Tony Collette's really good in that. It's a good one. It's a good one. And so, uh, yeah, so that was fun. And let's talk about this whole idea of being the armor of being alone. And I, I'm somebody that is very comfortable being alone. Uh, I live alone. I mean, I technically have downstairs tenants, but we're pretty separate. And, uh, and I, I, uh, I do most of my activities alone. I've tried, you know, travel alone. I frequently I've traveled alone. Uh, and a lot of people really struggle with that. I mean, my mother has done almost nothing alone in her life. Like, she, I mean, she went right from, you know, living with her family to being married to, uh, yeah. I mean, and she's got six kids. So there's just always somebody with her for the most part. in her life. Yeah. Whether she likes it or not, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure and, she loves it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, people have real issues with the whole idea of, of, uh, going to the movies alone, going to dinner alone, things like that. Uh, it's, it's a real struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting. I, my, my mom, my parents were divorced. My mom's been single for a while and she does a lot of things. I mean, both my parents do a lot of things on their own, but my mom will still say that she in the last few years has gotten over feeling awkward when she goes out to eat alone. And yeah, I, I was thinking about this episode, like when that feels awkward, I, I love doing things by myself and do things by myself a lot. I think the only time that I feel awkward doing something alone is um, if it's a situation where I end up running into people that I know and I know no one's going to care that I'm alone, but I want to be anonymous. Like if I'm doing something alone, I kind of don't want to talk to anyone else. Does that make sense? Well, that's sense? what they talk about the whole armor idea of like, you've got your yeah. book, your phone, your, uh, <laughs> things. And I don't know if I would necessarily call that armor. I look at it as just making the experience more pleasant, but I guess it could, you know, kind of could be, but, but yeah, I mean, I do think that the quarantine really did bring out I'm not somebody who's normally insecure but it did bring out a little bit of insecurity with that that like like they were talking about the woman who had her face half eaten or whatever in that episode the, oh my uh, gosh yeah because I, even though I have basement tenants if I was upstairs in my room and something happened to me they wouldn't find for forever I mean that that's a horrible thing to think about but it's true like if something happened to me I mean I don't know. It would be really well, that's, that's okay. a horrible, sad thought. And it's like, no, well, we should would... I get a roommate just so I don't die alone? No, that's terrible. Should you get a roommate who's like mildly annoying <laughs> just so that, well, I think that's interesting though. Cause like, I'm very afraid of, I don't live alone and I've never lived alone. I've always had roommates, but I'm I was very often, I'm home alone a lot now and I was home a lot alone a lot when I had roommates. And 
the thing that I am afraid of is choking when I, yeah, and I guess that's, that's the next episode we yeah. talk about the choking, but yeah, so I mean, if something like that happened, you live alone, that's it. You're dead. <laughs> and I never really like, I never really grappled with that as much until the pandemic, uh, because I had a heart thing happen and I was, you know, I had to go to the hospital and this was in 2020 and all of a sudden it just became more real that like, what, if I were to get COVID, stop breathing and just die, I mean, I guess I'd be dead. So, well, <laughs> like, so actually it'd be fine, but, uh... <laughs> but it'd be a bummer for whoever found me. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think that there is some, some insecurity, even with the most confident people about being alone and like nobody, I feel like even people that, that kind of put out a brave face, like everybody wants a partner of some kind. Everyone wants love. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they pretend they don't. Yeah, and I think even in a, like, I was talking about this with, with one of my college friends. Um, she is single, but she's lived with her roommate for, like, 13 years. And they're basically, like, domestic life partners. Like, yeah. they, don't have, they don't have a romantic or sexual relationship, but they, they are each other's, like, person. And I think for both of them, just with um, their needs and desires, like that fulfills them. You know what I mean? But but they had that person. And I just think that it's interesting to see what fulfills people because you can be in a relationship, but also feel very alone. Now that's true. That's a good point. I mean, and so Carrie says, take that fear to lunch. She sat there and had a glass of wine alone. No books, no friends, no armor, no faking. So we should all do that every once in a while because it's, it's just good to be comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. When I turned 30, I went on a um, cruise. Uh, it was technically, it was a singles cruise, but uh, so, uh, so I was kind of like with a larger group, but there was nobody that I knew, but I made some friends on the cruise. But uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do it is I just wanted to be comfortable in my own skin and not have the fact I was single stop me from doing any, uh, you know, anything. And uh, so that's what I've tried to do. But, uh, but yeah, I think we all have it, our Is there any activity that you're still like, oh, I wouldn't want to do that alone? Well, let me think, um, this is going to sound weird, but I kind of hate new year's Eve because new year's Eve is the most couple of any holiday, even more than Valentine's day. Because yeah, I think it that, really like, is. there's such a Galentine's thing now that like you can be fine with Valentine's and I have my own sort of celebrations of Valentine's, but like the, the choices on new year's Eve are either go someplace with couples or go someplace where it's all singles that we have like singles dances and things like that, which are the worst. And I hate them. And so I feel like New Year's Eve sucks. New Year's Eve is just the worst. (laughs) That's a really good point that Valentine's day, I think so many people in our 
culture, both who were in relationships and, and not in relationships have sort of rejected that. And yeah, embrace the Galentine's and just yeah. day out love. And especially if you have any, um, I don't have any of my own kids, but if you have kids in your life, like I make them little Valentine's, it's so different, but New Year's Eve is very, very coupley. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I feel like it's, it's easier to just sort of ignore Valentine's. Like you just pretend it's, you know, doesn't happen. It's a greeting card for holiday. Whereas like New Year's Eve, you have the day off, like you're supposed to be doing something fun. And, uh, there's a great episode of how I met your mother about New Year's Eve. <laughs> how New Year's Eve is always disappointing. <laughs> Yes. I like that. Yeah. That's and a good one. <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> but that's one of the comes to mind. I, I did mention the other day that going to Madame Tussauds, I think you would want to go with somebody because you need somebody to take your picture. Cause you can only do so much with selfies. Yeah. Uh, so that was one that I thought of. I, I also, I mean, I, I'm a big open water swimmer. I love going to the ocean. I love, but I don't know if I would do that alone just for safety, unless it was a, a lifeguarded beach, because you never know when you might get hit by something, you might have a cramp in the water, you might, you know, need help at some point. So that's something that I probably would not do alone. I would need somebody there. It, isn't it tricky when it's something that is safety wise? Yeah. It, it kind of, it's, it's difficult. Like I remember and I, my dad's like so wonderfully protective, but sometimes he'll say things to me like, oh, you shouldn't be out that late by yourself. And I'm like, oh, but you know, I, I like living here and I like, you know, like I was coming back from a movie screening the other night and I like didn't want to tell him that I was by myself, but it's one of those things where you're like, you don't want to not live your life. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're open water swimming, yeah, you definitely need someone there. I don't know. What about you? Do you, do you feel comfortable in general at going out doing stuff alone or do you feel awkward? No, I, I don't, I don't feel awkward. Um, I, and probably just because I don't, I think it, it happened more when I lived in New York that I just had so much, um, it started off not even intentionally, but I just put up so much time in between things. Like if I was doing, if I had an audition or, and then I was babysitting somewhere and I wouldn't have enough time to go home, that it slowly started like, I just go to a coffee shop. And then it was like, oh, if I want to go to a play and no one else wants to go where I don't really want to ask anyone, I just want to go. And then, yeah, so over the last like 10 years, and sometimes it's great, especially if it's something that you really love to have that experience that's just entirely your own, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to go to most of the screenings that I go to alone. Uh, and it's, it, it's just a different experience when you go with somebody, because it's hard to, it's hard to not have their experience of the movie affect your experience of it. Uh, but that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on, depending on the person and, and the movie and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, probably not because you got engaged during quarantine, but I feel like quarantine heightened my sense of loneliness by a lot. Yeah, I mean, I feel very lucky that Alex and I had each other and had, you know, our cat, but um, it- That was a pretty I confident person not somebody that typically struggles with loneliness, but like, I definitely got cabin fever and being alone. It was hard. Was it, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be. 
It really was. Cause I was just, I thought, oh, I live from home. I work from home already. It was really easy. No, it was not like, you're like, it's going to be just like normal. (laughs) It was not. (laughs) I think, I think it really, um, and maybe this isn't quite loneliness, but actually I think it is. I'm someone who loves to be in groups of strangers where we're not talking to each other, but I like feel their energy. Yeah. And none of us got any of that during. Right. COVID. So that, that, that was really, and that made me not feel like myself, which mm-hmm. then felt lonely because it's like, oh, we, so when quarantine first started, you were confident that it was going to be like, yeah, I got this. Well, yeah, I exactly. <laughs> I thought it was going to be no problem, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was hard. It was really, really, really hard, especially not getting to see my parents. Like that was hard because I was worried at first that I had COVID, but turned out I didn't. But, uh, I, I remember that Easter, uh, I, I, I didn't, I hadn't had time to get to the store. And, uh, so I, uh, I just was like making it with whatever I had around and I was all by myself eating spam for Easter dinner. <laughs> because it's kind of like ham sort of like it's sort of Easter. Oh my gosh. You were out of a sitcom. That is the best. I love like it's, it's actually so much funnier than literally anything else you could have done. That is perfect. Yeah. How long did you go without seeing your parents? Well, it was a long time. I mean, it was, I don't know, at least from, uh, from like, I guess it would have been February to, uh, April. And when finally I, this was 2020, finally, after I'd had my, this heart thing, I was in the hospital, uh, my parents and I we were just like, screw it. <laughs> we're just going to see, like, this is ridiculous. Like, at this point, <laughs> people, people were getting it from the most random of safe interactions that it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And my dad did get it finally in, um, 2022, he got COVID, but, uh, but my mom still hasn't gotten it. I still haven't gotten it. So it's by being tested many times, amazingly enough. I don't know how, but, uh, but it, 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 it was wild. So I, I understand the, this whole discussion on loneliness, I think is just so interesting and mm-hmm. the armor. Um, and I, like I said, the question mark, an exclamation point that was so good uh so yeah i would give this episode mm, i'd give it a 9.5 i think it's yeah, one of the best i loved this one I, it probably is maybe my favorite so far that we've yeah, reviewed i think so We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. 
It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Talked a lot about actually sort of this next episode already, but it's four women and a funeral. And they, they all go to a, their friend Javier has died. Uh, he was a fashion designer who liked heroin more than, than fashion, evidently. <laughs> um, um, and so then we have Miranda who's getting an apartment. And so we kind of are dealing with some of these same themes that uh, the people are very, suspect of her buying this apartment by herself and it just seemed like a huge apartment so that's exciting and she she actually chokes and she's like oh what am i doing that freaked me out so much yeah and uh then uh charlotte goes to uh charlotte meets his widower at the funeral and things get emotional and sweet and they but they are telling her that uh, that she's the rebound girl. Turns out he has a threesome in absentia, <laughs> which made me laugh. That's great. <laughs> um, so he's he's uh, busy, been busy, very busy, and it was very, very interesting to me that you have this uh, Samantha with this senior partner Bear Stearns, which is just it's very ironic because Bear Stearns is one of the big companies that went uh that was went up with the 2008 housing yeah. uh you know mortgage so i found that all kind of uh the housing debacle in 2008 uh, so i thought that was kind of interesting to see this portrayal and basically mm-hmm. because she is seeing kissing this married man uh they end up making life terrible for her and she can't <laughs> help that she uh She's trying to help the Javier house uh, with, uh, I thought it was funny with the Leonardo DiCaprio ex machina. <laughs> that was hilarious. And watching whoever was playing Leo DiCaprio, like completely in shadow. And she looks up like she's, you know, seen the face of God. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought it was, a, it was a pretty good fashion moment. I think of the funeral. Yeah with charlotte would takes samantha's hat and uh and the uh they say that it's the uh the his spring line javier's spring line and uh <laughs> yeah it was it was so interesting that they were wearing all his fashions because of course she would but it's also just so strange at the same time mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but it was some good looks because the fashion has been a little bit disappointing. It, it's not as strong in these early seasons as I remember. Yeah, I think it heats up in three or four. Um, and yeah. season three or four, I mean, because yeah, I'm not really seeing, I mean, we saw Carrie in a poncho last. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so this is where we find out that the owner of Miranda's apartment died alone with her cat eating her face. Oh my gosh. That's a cat yeah, owner. Yeah. I love that that woman decided that that was the thing to share. I don't want to know that she died in here. And I do not want to know that her cat ate half her face. But you know what? If, if 
I did perish and no one was here to find me, I would want Artie to eat my face to stay alive if he needed to. I'm dead anyway. Who cares? You're dead anyway. <laughs> but isn't that interesting that, I mean, because even that, that does make me, like the idea of dying alone is just like the saddest human reality. It feels like if you die alone, your life was worthless. But I know that's not true, but that's what it feels. Yeah, it's, well, I thought I've given this, you know, a decent amount of thought and and just like the likelihood of that happening and what that means because so many people do die alone like not if they're not in the hospital or that it, so it's just a I don't know it's a it's a difficult thing to think about, but then you're also like, well, if everyone's there, but you're so out of it that you don't really know, there's just so many. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just a, a sad thought. It's just a, it, our, our social, uh, our, our, our world is just, that's just like the saddest thought. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, yeah. but, uh, but we also have big coming back to the picture. Uh, did you think it was funny that she takes him to the most non-sexual place I could think of with a bowling alley? <laughs> and he's, he's like, like what, what is going to stinky bowling shoes, yeah. like bumper lanes. And yeah, there, there's, that's not going to get me going. But big is a pretty good bowler. Which actually, to be fair, is kind of sexy. So maybe... Yeah. I'm like the most random bowler. Like every once in a while, I'll just be like doing so good. And then I'll have like five gutter balls in a row. <laughs> oh, so you, that's so interesting. So it's not like you were just like average, consistently average, yeah. like five, six pins. You're like, I'm either nailing it or yeah. it's like just gutter ball city. So when I was in college, there was this guy that I had a huge crush on. I can't even remember his name, but he had this Boston accent that was hot and he was just great. And, <laughs> and so I, I had asked him to a dance and he'd already been asked like the day before I had done my, I made sure he hadn't been asked it, but someone beat me right to it. Like, oh darn it but we ended up going bowling <laughs> I loved it that you're like okay not dance but bowling yeah and I had told him I'm like a terrible bowler and <laughs> anyway and then for some reason I had like the best night ever bowling and I got like strike 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 and he was like sure you were just saying that <laughs> Rachel he thought you were like a bowling shark yeah, she, he like, thought I was like I a modest like it was a humble brag or something like that you're like, oh, little old me. I'm just a girl who can't bowl. And then you're like, uh, oh, that guy was really, I think his name was Jake. I can't remember, but he Jake was from Boston. From Boston. Like, yeah. Oh, do you like great. a Boston accent? Like, or is I it do. just Jake's Boston accent that you like? I think it's just Jake's because things like, I don't know, like Goodwill Hunting and stuff, that doesn't do much for me. Okay. Yeah, That's why I was wondering if it's like a if it's like a Rachel thing or if it was just a Jake thing. <laughs> it's a Jake thing, but by all means, all the listeners from Boston, I'm available. <laughs> Rachel, as she said, we'll have a meal with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but so Miranda, she chokes on this piece of chicken, this Chinese food, and she's able to give herself the Heimlich. And then she has like a full on panic attack. As somebody who's had panic attacks, I didn't think this really got it. I mean, everybody maybe has different experiences, but it was like, it was more like she was high or something like that. Like, that's not how it feels. It, it more feels like, you know, feeling kind of a thing um, than like I'm tipsy, at least in my experience. Yeah. And like, I was wondering that too, I've never had a panic attack, but what I've read about them, or I've been twice with people who, who've had one. And I was just like, maybe it was like just her feeling like the adrenaline or like the lack of oxygen that she got for, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it did not seem like a, what I know to be panic attacks. Yeah. It was more like she was sort of nauseous. It was like, almost like said being high rather than, than a panic attack. But if anything, I would feel like this experience would kind of be more empowering because she literally saved herself (laughs) when she's choking. Yeah. She was able to, I mean, that is epic. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you when you were alone? It's happened to me a couple of times where it's like something got a little stuck and I was like, am I okay? And then I was, but again, every time it happens, I'm like, well, no one's here. <laughs> so, I, had, I had a couple of times where I'm like, well, I would have just died. That, yeah. that, no. <laughs> I remember saying that to my mom. Well, would you miss me? I just about died. <laughs> <laughs> so but uh but yeah uh, i like that she keeps overfeeding her cat just in case so much food <laughs> over full bowls they don't even it doesn't even fit in the bowl <laughs> poor cat is gonna have other issues but yeah. <laughs> will not go hungry well what would you give this episode one to ten I like this one. I would give it an eight. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. The next one is the cheating curve. And in this episode, we basically have this idea of sort of what is considered cheating, because when are you actually sort of with someone or not with someone are like men biologically inclined to cheat is the question. Are, uh, are men natural bigamists basically? And also we have Charlotte with the power lesbians. So. <laughs> I love this plot line so much. Yeah. I, the, the artwork, they said it was lesbian chic meets art world. Cool. It's a surprisingly power, a surprisingly fabulous comic combination. Good. It truly was. I was like, I want to go to an art gallery with all these power lesbians. <laughs> Um, I mean, so, so they ask, is there a cheating curve? Someone's definition of cheating is relative to how much they want to cheat. So is like, is somebody that sort of mind is drifting or, uh, if somebody actually does have to go through the full having sex is for it to be cheating or when do we, what the act of cheating is defined by the tension of getting caught is what they say. But, uh, but yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I would think that cheating, I mean, I guess you can have emotional cheating, but 
I kind of liked uh, there in the one of the first episodes with Kevin McGarry on Heartland. Um, Lou and Amy are talking, and and she says, Amy says, "I'm not. I'm married. I'm not blind." Because <laughs> he's so handsome. I mean, <laughs> and I think that there's that. Like, <laughs> we can't turn that off. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't even necessarily like. I think that. And depending on the parameters that you define for your relationship, I feel like flirting isn't even necessarily like emotional cheating. Like I'm kind of a flirty person, but emotional cheating to me is very different. Like there's like not just intention behind that, but there's intimacy. Like for me, flirting could be like, um, I go to the coffee shop and like, I'm like, bantering with the barista like there's no sexual tension there's no romantic tension but maybe that's flirting and again it depends on how you define things yeah where's the definition between like friendliness and flirting yeah yeah Yeah. I don't know I think that I've been and maybe I just say I'm a flirty person because people have said to me like oh like you were flirting with that person like oh my gosh like I don't think I was like but so it's interesting, but with Charlotte, with this guy who she's not, you know, exclusive with, but he's making out with someone else at an event you brought him to, that's trash. That's yeah, not that's okay. Rude. He says so that rude. she sees him kissing the, another woman and she says, doesn't it give me fidelity until the end of the evening? Yes. That and, line is so great. Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, that's just really rude to <laughs> when you're on a date with another person. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's totally, I feel like, and this is just on a friendship level. If someone brought me like, as like, if you brought me as your guest to like a screening, I wouldn't spend like an hour just like even talking to someone else and not talking to you like it's just rude like you dance with the person that brought you that's what you should be doing he's well and charlotte's guy claims that oh i was just being supportive i that's ridiculous i mean you can be supportive without making out i mean for goodness sakes oh yeah like if if she had sort of caught him having a a conversation where it looked like he was flirting or he was really close talking and he was like, oh, I was just being supportive. Maybe, you know, we could have, he would have had a leg to stand on with that. But no, this was just so, so trashy. And the fact that he wasn't repentant about it in the moment, that made me so angry. I was outraged at this guy. He really got under my skin. He was ridiculous. So I, I did laugh at this guy though, that Miranda is seeing this film snob made me laugh because so he's like, narrative film is so bogus. <laughs> and I don't know if you know what, do you know what Shoa is? No. Okay. So he's talking about how Shoa is so much better than Schindler's List and everything. Shoa is a nine and a half hour Holocaust documentary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And it's oh, it so a landmark. Yeah. I mean, it was really important uh, for the time because you got all those deniers and stuff like that. So like being extremely thorough 
and I've never seen it, I have to say, but I know it's, I mean, it's just, everybody knows Showa, Showa. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea that like, <laughs> it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it's the kind of thing you'd hear at like waiting in line at Sundance, you know, these, these <laughs> snobs. Ridiculous. The pretentiousness of it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing that covering Sundance uh, for I've covered it seven years now. That you you that veneer is kind of removed. Uh, that this idea that there's something sort of precious and you can't criticize art film is ridiculous. There's terrible movies at Sundance and uh and there's there's good ones too <laughs> you have to hunt through it right through it find the good stuff. you're like I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say without <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but uh but anyway yeah and then the whole the rest of the plot with him was kind of uh, I didn't really care yeah. about that but but that part at the beginning was funny to me um basically like he likes watching porn more than being with a woman and he was just I didn't care about him he was a jerk and all all these I think what is so troubling about these dudes is that like they don't like the the porn thing you know if that was something that he wanted to have a discussion about like oh this really helps me and I'm used to it but like he was almost just so angry that she would even be kind of bothered by it and it's like, well, no, it's a normal thing to feel like, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's obviously addicted. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, and so, I mean, you don't want to be constantly compared to this ridiculous, you know, to, you don't want to be compared to porn, literally why you're having a relationship. Yeah. That's when, ridiculous. And when you're engaged in the act itself, yeah. it's she walks in on him like when she's not there and you know it's a surprise or whatever it's like no you you mm -hmm. need it value of the real human in front of you yeah so then we also have samantha with her trainer thor and he's he, he shaves her legs and her core into a lightning bolt and then she realizes one day that uh that the lightning does strike twice <laughs> that was awesome this was plot really line is really funny and then the reveal i thought it was a great reveal for how you know that the trainer's been you know sleeping with all of his clients you know they're in the sauna steam room together and you know they they both have lightning bolts they've both been branded yeah yeah. So then we have also Carrie trying to connect more with Big. She makes him fondue, which I do feel like, how can you really screw that up? It's literally just melting cheese and yeah, I, I was I was shocked by that, Rachel, because I, I know Carrie's not much of a cook, but yeah, if if the cheese melted, you're good. Yeah. You just like, dip I stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't see I think sometimes happened. people put like beer or uh brandy or something like that in for a little flavor with the cheese but i mean yeah badly because she screwed up i don't know <laughs> apparently she did but wow uh, i really liked her outfit uh with the black dress with the like that crochet kind of tie yeah. top i liked that yeah, a lot that was, that was cool that was cool uh we do find out that miranda was a major lesbian in the fourth grade <laughs> totally 
She's what was it, Wendy? She kissed Wendy. Can we have Wendy in and just like that? I think so. We forget we need about it. what's going on with Che and bring Wendy into the equation. <laughs> HBO Max, if you're listening, we need to be consultants for season two. We, really do. we would be we so good. Seriously. Online for this. Yes, we're available. Um, <laughs> and we do get the iconic scene that we come back to in and just like that where samantha removes carrie's diaphragm okay rachel this might just be because you know i'm a wildly emotional person i got a little teary because <laughs> just thinking about where their friendship ends up in not really having a friendship and then in and just like that that she's reminiscing about this time i don't know i i had yeah. i had a real emotion there that I was like oh man this is because really I think Samantha is her best friend on the show of the of the girls would you agree yeah you know what if you had asked me that before this rewatch I would say no it's Miranda and maybe it's Miranda in later seasons but no it, it, what we have seen so far yeah. it absolutely is Samantha yeah. definitely not Miranda and just like that that's for sure no, I'm not the best friend anymore. No, um, I mean, in fact, it's like, <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah, Think that Charlotte is still holding strong. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so she she has to admit to the girls that she's back with Big, and uh, then they're kind of you know judge her for that. <laughs> they're like, what are you doing? Which makes sense because if you literally just helped your friend through this, and you're like, oh, you're doing it again. Oh no. Uh, I do actually think they approached it with love. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, especially Charlotte. She's like, well, he hurt you. You know what I mean? She always approaches things with a little bit more sensitivity, whereas Miranda can come across as a little bit more judgmental. Yeah. And so then Big asks her, why did we break up? And, uh, and she says, you didn't say what I wanted to hear. And then she says, he could never love me the way I wanted to be loved. I was afraid he didn't have the capacity to love anyone but himself. That's a, ri I, uh, that's risky. I, why, if you really think that, why would you want to be with him? No. I. Yeah, I, I don't be, really uh, get it. And she says, I guess I was afraid. And then they say, I sure did miss you officially. They So they like each other's company, but it's one of those things that she just needs to decide kind of whether she is okay with a non-traditional relationship, which they end up getting married. So I guess it works out fine. But, but, uh, but on the other hand, is she trying to force him to be something that he's not? Yeah. And is that fair to him and fair mm -hmm. to her? You know, yeah. And, yeah, I definitely think, but he did make the good point that, you know, Carrie pretty abruptly broke up with him. And it seemed like instead of it being, you know, more of a rational decision, it was sort of like spur of the moment. Yeah. And so I, I think it was actually Charlotte who now they think about it that said, there's a powerful part of me that connects to the female spirit. I messed up there that uh, in my notes. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was Charlotte who said that, sorry. Um, oh, okay. Now yeah. I can see her face saying yeah. that when she's like looking up a big brown eyes and 
they're like, are you a lesbian? And she's like, no, but I've so enjoyed your company. <laughs> yeah. Not. She said that, uh, she enjoys the company of all of these women. I connect with the female spirit and that she's is Charlotte leading them on. You can't go to wonder woman's Island and not go native. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like lesbians have lots of non-lesbian friends. It's a little bit, a little bit ridiculous. Oh, okay. I love this plot line, but yeah, this is just not a thing with like, I have been to, um, well, there's only really two that I've been to New York, but like numerous or maybe three lesbian bars, like, like the, first of all, queer communities are usually very welcoming to people queer and not queer. Um, yeah, they're very inclusive communities. And also, even if we're looking at it from the most like cynical point of view that like they want to sleep with Charlotte, I think they would still be like, "Mm, she's just not a lesbian yet. Like, I think that they would would still want to be around her because she's vibrant. She's full of life. She's so intelligent and gorgeous of course they want her around. Like, I just, yeah, I didn't yeah. buy it. Well, she gives them an end to this art community that they're interested in and that they like. So I think they would be kind of interested in keeping her around just for that alone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was enjoyable. This sort of like team of uh, power lesbians, uh, but also, I mean, obviously it, it's like, it goes without saying, of course they, people like people with all different sexualities in their friend groups. I mean, (laughs) although there was a part of me that was like, Charlotte, are you sure you don't want to kind of try this? Because the way that she was talking about connecting to female spirit, it's like, you know, I'm not saying you need to get involved in a full-blown relationship, but maybe, maybe don't feel like you need to define yourself. So narrowly if you're if you want to explore what's out there so you know yeah who knows what could have happened i could i could have seen that too uh yeah and that uh that maybe she was a major lesbian like miranda <laughs> fourth grade fourth grade really <laughs> yeah so, and I also, I don't really agree with the, the whole idea of that men are inherent bigamists. You know, this idea that men can be faithful is ridiculous. I, yes, I also do believe that men and women are different. I don't think that we are biologically the same, um, but I don't think that means that they're incapable of having a, a not being on this cheating curve or whatever, you know, that you have many, I mean, I think men can, I, I don't think that they're different that much in the sense of like, I think both men and women can control themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And also statistically, like in 2022, just as many women cheat as men. So it's, it's not, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to put it all on men because it's quite sexist, but makes for a fun episode. Yeah. 
So yeah, I would give this one mm, like a seven. Yeah. Yeah. It was my least favorite of this trio. Um, but I still did really like it. This was a really strong set of that. Well, you and I were so excited to do the, this set because it was like, okay, these were all really solid and they paired well together. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. They were all about kind of being single and loneliness and connecting and, and those kinds of things. So I thought they were really, it was a really good set. Yeah. And, uh, and so very good. Well, let us know if you're listening, what you think of these three episodes, what you would give them and all the different things that we talked about. <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> do you agree that bowling is the <laughs> most non-sexual activity that you can do? I, th- I think so. I yeah, think it, you know, know, but Hey, if it's, you and Jake from Boston, who knows? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rachel throwing strikes. Yeah. Jake is like, okay, I'm feeling a little hot under the collar. <laughs> I mean, if you're out there, Jake, <laughs> email me. <laughs> yeah, Jake, we don't know what happened to him, right? No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny because he, because this was before he went on his mission and for our church for our church and um they send the packet in the um like a packet in the mail and i guess his the name it accidentally got to the neighbors uh and so the neighbor had it just sitting there for like months and he's Wait, like what? where's my yeah and uh and he, he finally the neighbor comes over he's like oh i got this mail and he, so he because usually you have like a while before you you're going i mean this is gonna be two years so it's like a big deal Anyway, yeah. and the neighbor comes over, oh, I got the stuff and they see the, the packet and they're like, ah! and, uh, and so they, they open it and he, I can't even remember where it was that he was called, but he had like a week to get ready. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Just quick sidebar yeah. about Jake's neighbor. Jake's neighbor was also Mormon. No, I, I think that's why oh. he didn't know. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just like, cause it doesn't look that it's just like a manila envelope. It could just, it, it, it doesn't look that like fancy. And, okay. uh, and so I can see why he thought it was just like nothing, but still, like if you get your neighbor's mail, take it over. You take it over. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I was, I was just horrified thinking that someone yeah. who really understood would sit on that information no. for months. <laughs> Poor Jake. Yeah. And so he had a week to get ready <laughs> oh that. cool 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 this is the next two years of my life yeah. and my calling and <laughs> I don't know until a week before yeah I mean they should send it like FedEx or something like that because it's a big deal but anyway so yeah Jake I always remember Jake and my great day of bowling <laughs> if we find Jake we're doing like a date on the podcast yeah. that's all I'm saying if he's if he's unmarried yeah he's probably happily married with like 10 kids no know that. <laughs> who knows <laughs> who we knows? don't know that anyway so yeah let us know what you think of all the things we talked about in these three episodes and Jax where can people find you at Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram and you can find us at city girls pods make sure you check that out and you can see even see the photos of us at our uh get together so that's super fun and you can find me at rachel's reviews all of our social media itunes youtube 
and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you're following the Homeworkies podcast and Homeworkies pod and Homeworkies podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews, especially for this new show. We really, really, really appreciate those five-star reviews on iTunes. And then also if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. Check that out. That's the number one way you can support us. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.